Welcome to Pursuing Truth. I'm your host, Barry Watkins. Hi, welcome to Pursuing Truth. Thanks for joining us today. Um, we're going to talk to Heath. He is a former alcoholic. He um, got sober through AA. Um, he found God through AA. And uh, he has a fascinating story. Um, after that point, he fell back, uh, you know, wasn't in AA anymore, had to get sober again after a number of years as an atheist. And um, he just uh, talks a lot about that journey. Uh, it's a fascinating, encouraging story. I hope you enjoy it. All right. So Thanks. this is Heath. So tell, tell me a little bit about yourself, Heath. So, um, you know, just on the, on the surface, you know, I'm, I'm 48, married, uh, daughter and two dogs that I absolutely love, go hiking with them every day. And I run a uh, business. And uh, as far as uh, being an atheist, what I guess would resonate with me or what kind of rings home is, um, you know, probably about 15 years ago, I, I came across some videos, uh, James Randi videos. I started watching Atheist Experience, that type of stuff. And it really cleared some things up. I mean, we could get into that later, but um, I was in AA in my 20s, you know, uh, staying sober and kind of found God that way. I don't know if you want to call it Christianity. It was kind of make up your own God. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, and in my 30s, I wasn't in AA. So, you know, I got sober again in my 40s. So, oh, yeah. A little mixed bag of what, who I am, that type of thing. If that... Sure, yeah. Well, how, how did you start out um, religiously and everything? Were you in a, a, a Christian home or like a, a church going home? My dad's uh, my dad's Jewish and my mom's Christian, and it was it was really odd that they met because my mom was brought up in a Pentecostal type religion, okay. and she was kind of the black sheep of the family. But she really wasn't a terrible person, but she just wasn't going to <laughs> church every Sunday and speaking in tongues and all that nonsense. Oh yeah. But, you know, they talk about Catholic guilt or Jewish guilt. She, I don't know what kind of guilt she had, but, you know, about half, about six times a year, she dragged me into some church where they were, you know, screaming and hollering and speaking oh. in tongues, just enough to freak me out. You exactly. know, you know, uh, I remember the one thing that always stands out when I was about 11, she dropped me off at some Christian camp, you know, because my, um, for like two weeks and every day they had to come to Jesus or burn in hell, but we love you type revival. Kids, oh, so that was my childhood, you know, to answer wow, your question. Yeah. And my dad never really, you know, you know, if you you know the Jewish, most Jewish culture, I mean, they're Jewish culturally, but they don't really, you know, practice it. So yeah, yeah. So you never went to a temple or or synagogue or times, but they definitely don't know much about it. There's one up the street I've been to probably five times in my life. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I was Pentecostal also. I know all about the tongue talking and all that stuff, you know, so yeah, it, it got a little crazy. That's for sure. So, um, yeah. yeah. And as, as a kid, I can, I can relate. I can understand how that would be a little bit, could be a little frightening, right? It's kind of like, okay, what's going on? Right. Uh, well, and, and it was so odd. I thought, man, everyone sure is taking this calm. Like you're, you're going to be burning in hell. I mean, we should be running up and down the street telling people. I mean, That's you right. know, there's a cancer epidemic or, you know, coronavirus goes worldwide. We all go crazy. 
you know, yeah. trying to make sure everyone knows. But it's kind of like, yeah, it's like a disconnect, right? It's yeah, like it's hmm, you're not really reacting like you should. Yeah, that's that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there was always a part of me that doubted it, but you know, it gets a hold of that that fear. So you know, you're kind of like secretly like, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah. you want to, you know, I accept you into my heart. You know, just in case you get into an accident or something. But yeah. uh, anyway, for me, the biggest thing is it really got down to when I started watching that guy James Randi debunk paranormal psychics and it really didn't have anything to do with religion it was more about just supernatural and once I took my focus off is Christianity true or not and I just looked at it more from an outside it, it just over a course of six months maybe 12 months of watching these videos it really hit me almost like a spiritual experience and wow. I always remember yeah. Walked into my backyard and I looked up and I was like, it's the funniest thing. I don't know why I thought of this, but I said, there's no way Mary was a virgin. <laughs> I don't know why that was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> so it, it, it from there. I was like, it's none of it's true. Like psychics, all that. I mean, maybe it's true, but there's never been any evidence for it, you know? Right. So. right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, um, that, that's similar to, to what I, I had as far as, um, when it kind of started falling apart for me, it was one thing led to another, you know, for me. Now, for me, it was also, I was maybe really deep into um, my religion. I, I was like, like it, it became central to my life. Mm -hmm. um, to the, and so for me, it was hard to let go. It was kind of like, it took me about really 10 years to uh, process doubts. Until I finally came to the conclusion, wow, you know, I don't think any of it's true. So for you, it was pretty quick, I think. Quick, but hear me. So here was the three phases. It was like exciting because I finally understood that it was all BS. And yeah. it was so clear to me. I don't know if you've ever had something in your life where you always thought, you know, there was a red house behind you and you find out 20 years later it's a blue house or whatever, okay. not a house. So it was that at first, but the second was fear. I was in fear for a few years because I had built a foundation. So you got to understand that AA, it's very religious, even though they say it's not, but they have a foundation of beliefs, of letting go. It's, it's very similar to Christianity. It's just, it's anonymous. You don't tell people you're in the program. So you kind of, you know, you do all your prayer meditation and you only kind of share it with your AA people. Point yeah. is, foundation on you if you if you, i'm afraid to go for a job interview i pray about it i write about it it's all about god what does god want god this god that and, and when something bad happened it was easier to accept it because this was what god wanted for me so this is what i need to get to the other side once all that happened, i had to build this whole new foundation so oh yeah yeah so okay so now um maybe we'll talk a little bit about your um your journey with addiction and everything um how how that developed for you and and then like um the aa part of of what you went through you know i i'm getting that i'm, I'm hearing what you're saying about that it's uh you weren't uh, necessarily going to church all the time or anything like that but you were living it it was a spiritual journey you were on as far as accepting god and then really talk um yeah talk some more about that so it was it was as real as as the chair i'm sitting in i mean i can tell you that yeah. and I, in AA, I feel like it's almost more real because I feel like, and this is a generalization, 
but a lot of the Christians out there, they just kind of go to church and don't really live by it. But one thing, I guess it's almost a compliment, the people in AA, most of them that are actually active members, they really do walk the walk. I mean, they, mm-hmm. you know, not all of them, but most of them. And so my, you're in there six, seven days a week. I mean, at least five days a week minimum. Okay. Every meeting, meeting people, you're involved, you're helping, you're volunteering, you're taking people to meetings. You, you know, you have a sponsor you're working with. And that's all your friends. I mean, it's similar to like Jehovah Witness. I mean, that's oh, all wow. your friends. Yeah. Area. So, you know, so when I when I left AA, it was mainly because not because I quit believing or anything. I just quit going to meetings because I got married and life started progressing. And and it was maybe three, four years after I left AA that I became an atheist. So, okay. Okay. yeah, I was active in my drinking. And, you know, once I left AA, it was a few years before the drinking really got out of hand. Two years later, it was out of hand. And so. I was drinking pretty bad for about 10 years. You know, I got I sober from 48. I got sober again at 42. And everywhere you went, it was always about God. And no one could understand why it was so frustrating for me. They're like, but you can just make up your own God. It could be a chair if you want. It could be the, the tree outside. And it's like, yeah, but I just don't believe in any of that stuff. I mean, I got to have a yeah. different you know, way of way of approaching this sobriety. So, yeah. And the, well, and um Tell me some more about that. Like, maybe explain some more about why that was as big of an issue with the groups. Because isn't there more to it than just, oh, you pick a higher power? You know, you have a higher power that you're answering to. But actually, the whole thing, from what I understand, is about giving over to this higher power, right? There's a lot more to it than just... Your your thinking got you here. Your thinking got you here, so quit thinking. You you need to do what we say... um, you're flawed. You know how in Christianity you have a sin? Well, we have character defects. It's the same. The I guy, I the exact history, but the guy who started it was very similar to Christianity. You know, a lot of the principles. But yeah, I mean, everything you come in there with a problem, everything you want to talk about, it's always about God. In okay. fact, if it's not number one in your life, you will drink again. I mean, this is told to you every day. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and the hardest part about getting sober without a God is, it was scary to think I had to do this on my own. Yeah. Even though it was before, it's just psychologically, I'm like, wow. So when something bad happens to me, it's just something bad. Like it wasn't really supposed to happen or it wasn't a good, you know, it wasn't part of some divine plan to get me to the other side to, you know, something great. Oh, but, yeah. uh, but uh, anyway, so when I was in AA, that that's what it was. That's what it was like. So going back there, it was just, it just, I couldn't do it this time. I went to a handful of meetings and I just couldn't do it. So yeah. I found a therapist. I went to, uh, for a couple months, I went to, I think it's called SOS. It's like secular something recovery. Okay. Um, so I know you probably want to hear more about what it was like in the program, but it was really as simple as, um, you know, you went to these meetings, you prayed every time, you got up in the morning, you did prayer and meditation on your knees. You, you usually had a little verse or something. It was out of these, uh, these, and literally everything that happened in your life was God's plan. Yeah. <laughs> Do with God. I mean, God was always a part of this. You know, if you, yeah. if you met one, I mean, you met a girl, God, am I supposed to meet her? I mean, that's the other thing in AA, there was a lot of benefits from it. You had love, you had friendship, but you also had that confusion. God mm. fog. I never have that anymore. Things are very clear to me now. Sometimes I'm pissed about a situation I'm in. Sometimes I'm not, but that's all it is. It's not someone messing with me. You know, yeah. it's not, 
And, and what's funny when you talk to a, a theist about this, they go, oh, yeah, I don't believe he does every little thing. And it's like, oh, but yes, yes, you do. When you're a believer. Yeah. You don't realize, I think, how much of mind bending you're having to do, right, to make it all work. Right. right. I think that's part of what you talk about as fog. You know, for me, I I, I feel like that's uh, where I was because it's cognitive dissonance is, is going on the whole time, I think. As an atheist, I see the world completely differently. You know, for one thing, we <laughs> in Pentecostalism, we believed in demons and we believed yeah. that there was a demon behind everything that's happening, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, the demons and I got to pray them away, you know, and, and uh, plead the blood of Jesus over your life, you know, every day and, you know, get know. filled with the spirit every day, you know. Well, all of that is, you know, because, you know, now looking at it, I'm like, OK, that's all like a crutch that has no basis in fact you know it's like <laughs> i'm you know i feel like it's helping me but really it's not doing what you need it to do you, you know you're right well the biggest thing for me maybe this is obvious it's it's not true like yeah. you're yeah. trying you're trying to believe in something that you know is absurd i mean there's a part of your brain that's going this is crazy you that's know right. In AA, we always joked it was kind of like special ed class for the uh, church people because we always kind of had a hard time with church. Right. So it was with like, A long enough, you might be you, you could take your training wheels off and go to regular church. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what we used to say. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, we always the demons and all that stuff. And you know, again, A didn't have demons, but they called it alcoholism. I mean, they yeah. gave alcoholism a life. It was it was strange. Yeah. I mean, you talked about it like it was the devil. You know, okay. all right. So, it's your enemy, right? Yeah. But you know, you, to get through all that, yeah. I mean, it, it's what you say. You're having cognitive dissonance. I mean, things aren't lining up. But you go there long enough, and you do kind of start to believe it, and you yeah. find ways to justify it. You're like, oh, okay, maybe you know, for ten years you obsess about does everything happen in God's world by mistake, or I mean, by whatever is it all meant to be? You know, you spend ten years obsessing, and then finally you go maybe this is all bs i mean maybe maybe there is no god you know it's it's it just it's funny how when you can think clearly there was a phase when i became an atheist that i almost jokingly would tell people i want to go door to door and be like did you hear there's no god like th this is all bs let me explain let me hear let me pull up the videos you want to watch them <laughs> it's like <laughs> i know it but there's absolutely zero evidence for it. I mean, maybe a thousand years from now, they find evidence for some type of God that started something that whatever. But as of now, there's no evidence for it. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 So so now you're. Um, when when uh, you were talking about the, uh, the the secular program that you were in, then that was successful. Right. Um, yeah. I went once a week and I went for I went eight times I went for two months and okay. it was SOS um, you know we went there and it was it was similar to AA in the sense that you shared your experience and how long you've been sober and the troubles you're going through but you didn't have the prayer you definitely didn't have we we had a, in AA we had a what we called a big book it was basically our bible I don't know how familiar but it that was our bible I've heard of that yeah they didn't have a bible they just had a work booklet you know yeah. I, I would you know, I, I might be jumping around a little. I always felt in AA it was funny because they uh, the first 
184 pages of the big book never change. So whatever they wrote in 1930, yeah. that's what you go by. And I thought, you know, could you imagine if they did that in a hospital? Like if you had cancer and they went by the the, the treatment they had in 1930s, I mean, you right. would like you at them. You'd be like, I want the latest, the best, you know, not some that's word system. It was written a hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, take uh, take me through the 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 rest of your journey then from there like uh so, so basically i um you know in my 30s i was drinking and i was trying to get sober but um you know th this time getting sober you know i realized that my wife kind of gave, gave me an ultimatum <laughs> I, I basically it was time to get serious about it and i had been going to therapy a little bit already and i had actually been trying to get sober but this time i knew i had to mm -hmm. and uh you know, I, it was, it's amazing what you can do when you accept your situation for what it is and, okay. and you, you're done with the excuses and you're like, this is what I got to do. I got to get sober. Um, so that, that's basically what it's been. And the thing is now I really don't think about, you know, atheism too much anymore because this yeah. was, I'm 38. This was literally like when I was around 31, 32 years old that I came, went through all this. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, no, it's kind of sometimes I have to, when I'm talking about it in a situation like this, I have to kind of jar my memory as to what, what in the heck has been going on the last 15 or last 15, 18 years. So, mm. but I, I love my life today. I mean, I'm, I'm sober, you know, I, I'm, in my, I'm a big, with my dogs every day, we go, we go to work together and, you know, married and, you know, everything's great. And uh, I just love not having that God fog. I mean, that's all I, I, I love that word God fog, because I think so many people that are atheists that used to be believers, I think they understand that. You know, I think they realize the situation they lived in, you know, that's right. And you, you are being wise by seeking truth. It's like, no, dude, you're confused. You're trying to believe some stuff. It's BS and you can't make sense of it. I mean, yeah. and the other, I was like, no wonder how we've had a hard time with it. You know, it's like once you can see things clearly, you're like, no wonder this was all, you know, all out of whack. I mean, hard to believe. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, what what do you feel like are uh, maybe is there one key or is there a few keys as far as what helped you come back to uh, sobriety and all that? Uh, so. The thing is with getting sober, I know this, there's a little bit of an unknown to it because it's, it's really as simple as you got to be willing to do what you got to, you got to be willing to go to any length to get sober, you know, within reason. I mean, you don't want to go kill someone <laughs> to get sober, but you got to be willing to say, this is a problem. I accept it and I'm ready to do something about it. And that's kind of where I was at. So yeah. the focus being on my family um you know I, I i still go to therapy i've actually got a therapist i've seen for almost 10 years and mm -hmm. i started him because i was like okay surely a therapist can help you if you're wanting to get sober in a secular way oh yeah and what is the very first or second time i had my therapist i remember i'm telling about me being an atheist and these videos i watched and how i realized it's it's not you know there's no evidence for it and blah 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 he goes well none of us know he started that you know that uh -huh. shit Okay. Well, no, no, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. But that was only one time because I go, no, 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 you're not understanding me. And I okay. explained. And, and ever since then, he's been he's been real professional. I'll leave it alone. You know, you know, he helps me get to what I want to get to in a secular way. But it's funny how everybody, even a therapist can be chewed up to to bring God in the mix. 
you know? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I was talking, we were going to marriage counseling about, I don't know, a while ago, and I I was telling the marriage counselor about uh, how I'm an atheist now. And he started in on, well, you know, when you're little, you have God, you have little shoes on, and now you're big and you need your adult shoes on. Basically trying to come up with a metaphor for you just got to believe in Jesus in an adult way, not a child way. And it's like, Oh my God, what is it with you people? It's like, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you some, you know, I feel like I kind of tell my story a little backwards or um, pieces, but I remember one thing the way I justified or really thought, because I did believe that there was a God. I just yeah. was, maybe we don't know the details. I mean, I think that's what everyone, I mean, 90% of your theists out there, they say, well, maybe there's some details I got wrong, but overall it's true. And what I would, what I would, credit to it is when something good would happen so i you know and and then thing and like the thing in life is things still good happen as an atheist and you realize that of course that that built up my faith in god so much like i, I when i got sober i was i was scared to to go get whatever a job and i'd go get the job and it'd work out or i was afraid, I was afraid to start my business and i'd start my business and you turn around a year later and you'd see it all worked out and mm-hmm. you're like wow you got this perfect plan for me he's Mm. got it and that's how if someone told me they didn't believe in god i'm like no come with me for a week just hang out with me i'm going to show you how he's real when when you're worried or afraid about something pray and then go through it and see that what you're worried about doesn't usually happen well guess what that's just like like things in life we're always worried about and they don't usually happen (laughs) you know it's (laughs) got nothing to do with the god thing i can kind of digest flip it and understand that in a secular way without the the god glasses you know oh, yeah. I, I forget someone wrote a book like that but i felt like i had god glasses on <laughs> oh yeah 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 for me um it's i thought of it as kind of stepping back from my emotions about the whole thing is what helped me see clearly you know so like you're saying about prayer you know if 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 we all just really analyzed it intellectually then yeah. we would see we would see through it and say wait a minute when i pray sometimes it happens good sometimes it it ends up bad right i remember the good because oh when i prayed it it turned out good but i'm praying all the time and it doesn't always turn out good and uh, yeah. it, it's funny it's a, like a statistical thing you could actually map it out i I had, you know, as a Pentecostal, I prayed for people to be healed all the time. And I had plenty of people that didn't get healed and they died. I mean, after I prayed for them, you know, and I'm like, (laughs) how long does it take to, you know, ignoring all that to finally figure out, wow, it doesn't add up. You know, that prayer doesn't really seem like it's doing anything. (laughs) Yeah. And see, that was, I remember one time my wife and I were, uh, I'd been an atheist for a couple years and we were at a neighbor's house playing cards or something. And I had a sore arm. Well, towards the end, the lady goes, Oh, do you want me to pray for your arm? And, you know, I was finally at a place where I was comfortable being an atheist. And I just looked over, I was like, no. And it, it was, it was, it was a couple things. One that I wasn't such a people pleaser that I didn't, I did, I could simply tell her, no, I didn't want that. Cause it's, that's bullshit. And yeah. then the, Second thing was, I didn't have to feel like I was fighting something and that really God is real, but I'm fighting something and I'm angry and he really could heal my arm, but I don't want to let him. Like, it oh, was yeah. none of, in the past, it's been some of that weird psychological stuff, if that makes any sense. Oh, so, yeah. 
but yeah, like there's some reason, some reason you didn't get healed. There's always reasons, right? It's yeah. and, and the thing is, it's like you said, even the bad things that happen to you as a believer, you can always find something good about it. You're like, oh, oh well, it's I didn't meet her because I met her and she was the one I was supposed to marry her. I didn't get this happy, fell through and I found no, because if you go through life, most things that happen, especially if you're in the United States or Canada or a good country, you, you most of the time, good things happen. I mean, it's that's not right. rocket. <laughs> that's so. really good. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So so uh, what kind of uh, uh, changing gears, what kind of business do you do? So I have a retaining wall business. So we do uh, we, we do retaining walls, and I, I, it's basically all I've done. I mean, I'm 48, and I started this when I was about 22. So I've had this for a long time. So it's a good business, and we do well with it. My wife helps me, and uh, you know, hopefully about 10 more years I can retire. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, there's yeah, there's lots of construction going on around you. I think. Yeah, but, yeah. The yeah. COVID the COVID hit. Everybody was at home, so they oh, were yeah. called retaining walls like crazy so wow. wow yeah yeah that's cool good yeah yeah what were you doing before that and that's all i've ever done so i went to, <laughs> to a school uh, north georgia technical college for horticulture it was a trade school and then i got out i worked for like a lawn maintenance company for a few years and i started my own business so wow great yeah yeah, yeah pretty boring <laughs> <laughs> well uh, every every i think every business owner i've ever talked to especially small business um you would you probably would never change you you would not, yeah. never go work for someone else or i've always said i'd make half i'd make i'd rather make half the money working for myself than double the money working for working for the man as they say <laughs> yeah yeah that's good yeah yeah but anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's all good. So yeah, and I, I and I'm married. I'll be married uh, 19 years this uh, November, and I, I, nothing to do with atheism. But it's funny. One thing a little different is we knew each other six weeks, only six weeks from the day I met her and we got married. And mm -hmm. it's so really lucky because it could have went the other way. And so it was, yeah. you know, my wife is from uh, another country, from Chile. And um, so anyway, I don't know if that was a random. <laughs> <You can edit. laughs> <laughs> well, that that's a big part of your life too. So, um, how how does uh, how does that work for you relationship wise with uh, beliefs and all? Is she a believer or unbeliever? It, it was the strangest thing. She would um, the first few years of our marriage, she kind of believed, I guess, and but I still believed. So, I we would go to church not every Sunday, but we'd visit churches, and you know, I was still in that mess that I'd been in all my life where you're you're trying to believe it but you have doubt and maybe it's true may so to answer your question when i started watching all these videos and going through this and talking to her about it she goes <laughs> i said i i don't believe any of this i said it's bullshit and yeah. she looked at me so we don't have to go to church anymore and i said no she goes she i knew all that was bullshit I, okay and are you kidding me? You didn't you you didn't think it was real? She goes, no, but I mean, you know, I don't mind going. I don't mind going. So I guess she just doesn't take it as she's an atheist. You know, she's just never. I don't know if you've know, known people like that. They just always kind of uh -huh. thought she never really made an issue out of it. So that's, that's kind of right, yeah. played out. All right. So, that's good. You know, yeah. 
able to raise my daughter. Like I read, um, uh, you know, Dan Barker, he was a minister and he'd been, mm -hmm. and I wrote a book, maybe yes, maybe no. It was kind of a skeptic book for kids. So I used to read my daughter that. So I got to, I, I, I got to read her when Richard Dawkins came out with that book, um, uh, The Magic or something. I forget the name of it, but it was a child's book for evolution. And right. I was able to read her. So I was able to bring her up with secular values is all, wow. you know. Yeah. Not her, her mind with that nonsense i got so that's a big deal yeah yeah, yeah that, we that. Do. <laughs> our hope our you know our, our hope is that our kids can have some hope to to think for themselves right well and it's funny because my daughter's 16 now drives and does her own thing and but she, she every now and then she'll come to me and say, ask me a question about christianity and i forget how crazy it sounds because she was she doesn't know any of the stories and she's like, so Jesus was Mary's mother, and it wasn't. So why why did God flood everyone? I don't understand that. You know, it's oh, like yeah. try, and when you're explaining it to her, you're like, God, that is crazy. I mean, the only way you could believe that is if it was part of your culture and everyone else believed it. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah, I had a I had a a boss one time that I worked for, who was not not a believer, and. um I remember just talking to him daily and things. He was a very smart guy, and and I was a believer at the time. And um, I I was witnessing to someone over the phone after work one night, yeah, and he yeah. was there in the background. And I'm listening to myself talk as if I was him. And I thought, yeah, what I sound, I sound ridiculous. The <laughs> the stuff that I'm telling this friend of mine. When I listen to myself talk, I'm like, yeah, I don't, it does, something's not right about this. Yeah. You know, it started, it, it really, it's a matter of perspective. Sometimes the words that you're listening to, if, if, yeah, if they're not making sense, you know, it's, it's funny how we can believe it, even though it didn't make sense, you know, it, it's hard to, you know, where you're at today, it's hard to even get your head around that you believe that, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's almost like, um, like you know how you always hear Christians say, "Well, you weren't a real believer if you're an uh -huh. atheist." And I, it does. I do find that arrogant. It pisses me off. But I got to, if I'm being honest, I almost feel like that with Christians. I'm like, you don't really believe this shit, do you? And I have to remind <laughs> them, maybe they do. I mean, it's not for you to say. You know, it's like you're doing the same thing they're doing. Because it, it's it's like, I mean, your boss sitting there listening to you. I've got so many experiences like that that. Uh, you would think you're helping people and they're looking at you like, dude, you're whack job. What are you talking about? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you got to fix it. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. At that time, my, uh, my friend who I was talking to was buying it completely. And, but I was sitting there and, and what I was telling him was this, basically uh, the way I'd learned to talk about it was uh, okay. You know, sin is like separating us from God. And it's like a big chasm between you and God. And uh, Jesus came along and, and uh, he's, he's the way to God. So he died in our place and took our sin. So to get to God, we have to put our sin, you know, give our sins over to Jesus, right? And God puts them on him. It just sounds yeah. so weird now. <laughs> It sounds so crazy. I mean, it's yeah, like but... okay, God Himself decides 
I'm not going to forgive you unless I blame someone else for your sins. I'm going to take your sins and put them on someone else. How does that make sense? How is that fair? Yeah. Like <laughs> Matt Dillahuntley says, how many times does it take for God to get it right? You know, you had the apple, you had the flood, you had Jesus come. I mean, yeah. it's like, fun, dude. and they're like, well, you know, we can't have, so we got to have sin in the world because you have to have free will. And then, the, you know, the atheist argument is, well, when you go to heaven, you know, I, um, Rich, uh, uh, Michael Shermer says, well, when you go to heaven, are, are you going to have free will? Yeah. Is there sin in heaven? No. It's like, so why not just make it like this? I mean, and on earth, don't have him just be here on earth. I mean, if you can do it in heaven, why can't you do it here? That's I mean, right. It's so obvious. We just came up with something to understand the world around us. I mean, that's what it was. I mean, yeah. it's obvious as the chair I'm sitting in, <laughs> you yeah. know. Hey, thanks for joining us today on Pursuing Truth. I want to say thanks to Keith for sharing his story. I got a lot out of it and uh, I enjoyed it immensely. So, uh, and I hope you guys did too. Uh, we'll be in touch. Uh, have a great day. Bye-bye.